so just a brief introduction to what we're doing tonight. This is a detour, I think we're calling it, a side quest Mark wanted to call it in, in Strength Check. Um, we're taking a break from the, the campaign that Griffin, Carlos, and Dan, and Tom, and Rhi and I have been running. That's everybody, right? And Mike. <laughs> and you always forgetting somebody. Sorry, Mike. To do a more conventional D&D story. So this is a simplified... For tonight's campaign is a simplified version of the Sunless Citadel, and I also wanted to incorporate some of the Acquisitions Incorporated rules, just in terms of, of giving the party sort of an extra role, a different job to have. Not all of our players tonight are familiar with this. I haven't played it, although I've been listening to and watching Akink games for the last 11 years, so I think I'm, I'm pretty confident in being able to do it. Tonight, joining us via the, uh, the Scraticus Academy unofficial reps of Scrat, who were both kind enough to answer a, a Hail Mary I sent out earlier this afternoon um, looking for people so it wasn't just a two-man two, two man party um, trying to survive the Citadel. Michael Wayne, the infamous Michael Wayne from, from the unheard strength check game in the role of not playing Fishy McFish tonight, um, but will always be Fishy McFish in my heart. Fishy McFish? <laughs> All right. <laughs> And uh, Robert KY Hawkeye, thank you both, gentlemen, for for volunteering tonight to help me learn <laughs> this system. Um, I've only ever DM'd a conventional uh, D&D book once before. I've run uh, the Curse of Strahd, and uh, it was rough sailing. <laughs> so, if you're listening to this and you hear a lot of page turning and like cursing under my breath, it's either because of Griff. Or it's me because of the book. Or both. That's right. Start with me again. <laughs> Isn't that part of the purpose of the book? Is to have some swearing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wonder... I, I, I kind of want to get a job at Wizards so I can just be behind the scenes when they're writing stuff to see them if they're like, man, this is going to really make people mad <laughs> at this point. You really want to see the sausage get made. I do. That's... That's part of who I am. <laughs> that's that's what I do. Um, so, how about we start off by learning a little bit about your characters? So, I know Hawk and Michael. You already have your your guys developed. So, Michael, you were already telling us a little bit before we started to record. So, how about you introduce us to your who you're playing tonight? Uh, yes, I will be playing a log blade here. Now, this right here would be uh bit odd for most people because most people don't see a bugbear as an ally. Most see that as a threat. Yeah. Should be around side uh, was part of uh, Cast Guardian and, and the Sky City. Soldier for them. And had the bad misfortune of being the only one out of his crew to actually survive their first mission. So it's been about here and there helping out. Uh, most have, that have an idea about him just know, oh, that's a crazy bugbear on a rope. <laughs> so we're starting good. And his name was his name was Lug. Lug Blade. Lug Blade. Yeah. Don't ask about his brother Sling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Lug Blade, <laughs> the bugbear fighter, starting off good. All right, uh, Hawk, could you tell us who you're playing tonight? 
I will be playing Ben Valerde de Mustaine, known short, called by his friends by Ben de Mustaine for short. He is a gold-scaled dragonborn. He was trained at the t trained as a prodigy at the temples of Bahamut, but in early in his time there, he received visions of one he thought was Bahamut, teaching him things that was telling him that his instruct what his instructors were telling him was heresy, and, and when he confronted them with it, they kicked him out of the temple. He is now a hexblade warlock serving his patron, who he believes is either Bahamut or someone who serves directly under Bahamut. But as he's been doing his wandering ever since, he now has the lingering thought in his mind: Are were the are the people at the temple the heretics that are actually serving? the serving Tiamat in disguise, or has he become the heretic himself? Okay, so a little bit of a crisis of faith. So, but we don't, but we don't know who his patron is. Am I understanding correctly? He, he feels it is Bahamut or someone closely associated with uh -huh. him, but he really does not know for sure. Okay. All right, so an opportunity there for me. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Who can be as far away <laughs> from Bahamut as possible? <laughs> Steve. <laughs> he works at a subway. <laughs> Just wandered and somehow lucked into demigod status. <laughs> Carlos, who do you want to play tonight? Well, tonight I've decided that we will bring into this world. His name is Claw. Claw of the Tiger, which goes by his stage name of Bing Clawsby. Tabaxi yes. Rogue. Yes. Bing Clawsby is born into the world. Bing uh, Clawsby. He's a, he's, 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 he's a rogue. He's a swashbuckling rogue in the vein of Puss in Boots. So, if he starts speaking in the Castilian uh, accent, I can't. I can't help it. So, just you know, chef kiss. With the so accents, like we have accents all over the place. Too. Yeah, I was going to say this episode is going to be uh, indecipherable. <laughs> sure, hell. Uh, okay. Uh. Griff? Hi, yeah. hello. Yes, uh, today I'm going to be playing Rithal, a high elf paladin. Oh. Uh, now, now Rithal. Here's the rub. Um, <laughs> Rithal has been sworn to secrecy as to which deity uh, he has pledged his work to. But it might involve trickery. Oh, oh. Okay. And, uh, yeah, just can't say. Because he's been, he's been forced to think that if he tells exactly uh, who his deity is, that he'll lose all sorts of combat prowess. Okay. Huh. So, out of character, is there really a deity? Yes. I mean, there'd have to be, right? For the, yeah. for the oh, yeah. spells or whatever to work. Yeah. Um, okay won't say who so he doesn't have any kind of like raiments or anything no holy symbol 
Or is it like the holy symbols in a bag and nobody there, can see it? <laughs> there might be a person. There might be an attempt of a sigil. Okay. And uh, it might be an attempt of something that looks like a jagged counterclockwise spiral. Okay. Yeah, he'll never admit it. Okay. All right. Okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I've come to love about DMing games is <laughs> seeing seeing all of the different ways that the puzzle pieces <laughs> might fit together, and those like, what am I gonna do moments? <laughs> we have a bugbear, a dragonborn, a tabaxi, and a high elf, two of whom are having religious problems, let's say. Kind of go from there. Okay, so the Acquisition Incorporated side of the story for me. Uh, So all of you have applied to work for Acquisitions Incorporated, or Ac Inc. for short, um, because it's easier for me to say. Uh, Ac Inc. is a, at this point, uh, I think a multi-planar adventuring company led by a man named Omendron. You guys are all, like I said, you've applied to work for Ack Inc. Um, you have been commissioned as interns. Omen, in his brief meetings with you, saw some potential. Uh, there's something there. You all have a unique set of skills, as the saying goes. But before you're commissioned as a new team or a new adventuring uh, subsidiary, uh, he wants to see what you're capable of, how well you can do representing the company, how much uh, wealth you can generate for the company uh, and has given you a um, what he would consider to be a simple task. Maybe a couple of you might die during it, but that's really kind of how internships go these days. You know, you need to have several years of work experience, a master's degree, and be willing to die (laughs) for the name, for the sake of your employment. So... You know. And so like anything else, entry-level position that requires three to five years of experience. Yep, yeah, and a willingness to sacrifice yourself, uh, literally. <laughs> so one of the things out of character that I really like about the Acking stuff, and, and like I said, I've been listening to this pretty much since, they, since Penny Arcade debuted it, is when you're working for the company, uh, everybody gets a different, like a job title, okay? So... Uh, I'll just read off from the book now, and Carlos, I know that you know a lot about this too, so please jump in if I miss stuff. So there are more positions available in the book than there are characters in the in the party, so um, not everything has to be filled. Um, so uh, one of you could be a cartographer, um, which is sort of like the, the map maker. Uh, the decisionist um, is... The decisionist isn't in charge of the group, but the decisionist is sort of like the the tiebreaker, right? Like the vice president in the Senate. Um, not that you have to be Mike Pence. Um, I would actually encourage you not to be Mike Pence. <laughs> um, but I, I, I mean, the, the comparison works, right? The documenter is sort of the, in charge of the paperwork. Um, the hordes person is, handles all the loot. The loremonger is kind of like the, I think the information broker for the party, um, like a historian almost. The Aviator handles strategy. 
The Occultant uh, is one that I'm not crystal clear on yet, <laughs> to be completely transparent. Well, it's like, um, I know it says they, they tracked, they tracked pretty much, uh, like, all the creatures or people that you fought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, it's like... Assess the value to the franchise of the yeah, living and the much, dead. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, almost like a hedge fund. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, really, like an accountant, but an occultant. That's where the wordplay is. Uh, the secretarian. So, extract information, assess the strengths and weaknesses of, our, of others. I think we might skip the secretarian, because you are interns, and, and I don't think anybody would come in as a secretarian right away. So, we can talk about who gets what role, or I can just assign people in the role of Omen, um, who, who he would think would make the most sense to do what. It's up to you guys, though. Is there anything that's close to, like, a bodyguard? Like, to make sure, like, the valuables get back to Omen Drav? Yeah, that would be um, the Hordes person. Okay. Yeah, I would, say, okay. I would say the Hordes person. So, you know, in the, the games that I've, I've been a player in, we've always assigned somebody who, like, just manages the party fund, is what we've called it. Um, so basically, you're in charge of keeping track of the treasure uh, that you get. Part of your your inventory now for this, as long as you're working for Akink or an intern for Akink, is a Hordes person bag, which works really well for Lug because um, it's essentially it looks like a stomach. <laughs> so imagine a really disgusting bag of holding. It's it's kind of slimy. There are teeth <laughs> around the around the opening. Um, like a mimic? Uh, kinda. Um, but it's not sentient. Alright? Oh, so um, it's a baby mimic. Is what you're it, saying. uh... It's a kindler, gentler mimic. <laughs> <laughs> it is 2020. <laughs> it is 2020, yep. Sure. Uh, that's what we want to think of it as. <laughs> that's fine. Maybe it, maybe it does have that... Oh, what's it called? Uh, like an insect kind of intelligence, right? Like a like a, a a nervous system response to things, or like a make a, like a Pac Man. They just put treasure in front of it and just starts to eat. Um, but it's not like digesting anything. And you can uh, similar to a, like a, how a bag of holding would work, right? There's this almost infinite space in there, um, and anything that you do put in the bag is accessible at home office back in Waterdeep. Um, all right, so lug blade armed now with the Horde's person responsibilities. Who else has ideas? Uh, I think uh, Renthal should probably be the documenter just for the possibility of tearing up any documents that comes along the group's way. Alright, so uh, you are responsible for all of the the corporate paperwork. Um, You get a satchel. Um, You... You may have direct access to Omen as well, depending on how well you do, right? And how busy he is at any point in time. Um, okay, so we've got our Hordes person, our Documenter. I think you guys might want a Cartographer. So someone with a high intelligence or wisdom? Not necessarily. I mean, the thing about Akin Games is that they are not meant to be taken as seriously, I think, as some of the, the more typical D&D lore is designed to be. Um, it's meant to be more relaxed. So we don't necessarily... And actually, there might be value to assigning roles that go against type. You know what I mean? So if we want... 
So we have the the dragonborn may or may not be, or the cat would the cat know? I think I, I don't know. I think Bing Claws mean the rogue cartographer or warlock cartographer. Uh, I don't know. What do you yeah. think, Carlos? Do you I don't have think preference. I, no, I don't. I really don't have a preference. Okay. Um, but I don't think Bing would be a cartographer. Okay. All right, I'll take it. All right. I could see Bing as a decisionist. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, the cat decides. I think it's because you just—you really want to be the decisionist. <laughs> I am. I am. I am Bing. <laughs> there is no. There is no Carlos here. <laughs> Who's Carlos? There is no Dana, only Zool. Anyway who's who's Carlos, yeah. Mind, so well. Alright, I wrote it down. Um, so, Bing Closby is the decisionist. You get the the decisionist coin. Uh, I'm looking up what the cartographer gets. Gotcha. Uh, the cartographer gets uh, the... Well, you have our horse. And the you cart, can, yep. yep you, re- you can requisition our cart and horse. So... Ben has our transportation, has your transportation, cartographer supplies. Um, we're not going to worry about all that extra stuff right now. We can adjudicate that as we go along. All right. I'm going to roll to see what my coin looks like. Okay. So, uh, like I mentioned, um, Omen Drawn, uh, meeting with you all individually and uh, saw some potential in you. Um, Akink is always hiring. They're one of those companies that has sort of rolling applications. I don't know if you would have met each other. My assumption is not prior to being sent to the small village of Oakhurst. Um, and you are looking for, um, Omen has heard rumors of a, a lost um, temple or a lost fortress or something there um, that is rumored to have inside of it tremendous wealth, um, which he would very much like to get his hands on. So Oakhurst itself is a very small village. There's a couple hundred people there. Um, I will let you guys role play your arrival into the into the town. As soon as we enter, Ben automatically starts trying to scribble down to try to get some sort of visual image of the way the city appears to be laid out, the the major buildings, the streets, etc., mm-hmm. as well as the surrounding what he can see of the surrounding countryside. Okay, so Oakhurst is. Uh, there's a lot of farms surrounding the village, so very flat land. There is a, uh, a, a smallish mountain range in the distance. In terms of what the town itself has, uh, there's a general store, there is a, a jail, um, a village hall, which acts as sort of like we, we, what, would you, what we would think of as a um, like city hall type of building, um, a blacksmith shop, an inn, and uh, the village shrine. And the name of the inn is the Old Boar Inn. As I take a look at the shrine, who does it, what what or to whom is the shrine to? Uh, It is a shrine to Pelor. Pelor. Makes a note of that as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, What what does Ben feel about Pelor, just given his, his religious background? Or what he, what he, uh, he thinks is his background, anyway. No problems with Paylor per se. Obviously, he prefers Bahamut, but mm-hmm. he understands, as the divines go, that not that those who are not of dragon kind may not 
take to Bahamut as well. So he looks at Paylor as a mega substitution. <laughs> the store brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Very good. So uh, Ben is riding into town on the, the horse and cart that's been requisitioned, um, that he has requisitioned in his capacity as cartographer. Um, are the rest of you riding in on the horse, or are you going to have your own around the cart, or are you going to have your own means of getting there? For Lug, I would think that he would actually be following along with the cart, but from the, like, for example, in between the trees or on the land, just kind of like stealthily following it. So in worst-case scenario, the cart gets attacked, then can go in and quickly defend it. Okay. Can he be stealthy? Yes. He has stealth advantage. And, for fun, has head armor. So I have to roll at disadvantage every time. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Of course. Fantastic. Yeah, I was just... When you said that he's stealthy and, and like, sneaking through the woods, I thought, maybe I should look up how big are bugbears. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just, well, just for fun, just to see. Well, just to help in real life, I'm about six five, and I often just end up be people not noticing me real easily. So, and I think with bugbears, they're only about seven feet. So there's about only a five inch difference, or about two kilometers for mm-hmm. those over uh, in England. Yes. Yes. I'm glad to know another another big man who can disappear into a crowd because I have that same superpower. <laughs> you're you're so good at it. I am. <laughs> and a bugbear also has the surprise action and bonus feature, which oh, yeah. only happens once per combat, which I hope happens. <laughs> we'll get to combat. Don't worry. Um. All right. So, uh, Lug is is stealthily moving between the trees, keeping an eye on the cart um, that that Ben is driving. All right, uh, how does Bing Closby get there? So, <laughs> I can actually see Bing right on the horse that's pulling the cart. Okay. <laughs> like, as, as Ben's, like, driving the cart, <laughs> Bing's on the, the horse, like, <laughs> acting like he's pulling everyone behind him. Okay. Much to my disgust. <laughs> so, I have a question so he's got, about he's got his rapier in his hand, <laughs> like he's like charging into battle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but uh, so I'm thinking about like lo- the logistics of this. So, would there be like reins on the horse? There must be reins on the horse, right? Yeah. Because Ben would be holding the reins. Yeah, so how how does how does Bing manage that? And if, besides, like cat-like agility. Well, well cat-like, cat-like agility. <laughs> is, it, is it like? Is it like? Can it be? Can it be like double dutch? <laughs> like, yes. like Ben. Between hops? Ben. <laughs> I, I don't even know what the word is. Like, I want to say lashes, but that can't be right. Um, um, there is a more practical way yeah. about this. Most people, when they're doing the reins to get it up, it's just more of like a small bit. Most yeah. of the time, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. it's just off to the side. It's okay. not really doing anything. 
Yeah, it's yeah. going down the sides of the horse and up to the and up to the bit and bridle. So. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. So, so he, he could just be in between it. So okay. The reins go right over the shoulders or along the shoulders. Okay. Could that still work normally? Okay. And any and any time he has to go G or haw to get it to get the cart to turn left or right, he re, Ben res, resists the urge to to <laughs> accidentally whip the side of his tabaxi counterpart on the horse as they like, go. As he says, like. He tries to get the horse to stop. <laughs> Bing's like, well, there, whoa, whoa, all right, horsey, all right. He just keeps patting it on the, on the side. <laughs> not not aware of how many times he almost got clotheslined off <laughs> in the journey right. over. Obli- oblivious. <laughs> like a hundred times. <laughs> uh, and then finally, Renthal. How is, is Renthal on a part of this, this wagon, uh, too, but- or...? Rindal is uh, in the cart in the back, um, feigning sleep with okay. his prayer book, with his prayer book over his face, <laughs> but still just kind of keeping an eye out. Okay. He literally has the book over his face, eyes open. Yeah. <laughs> Does it have one of those like little holes in it? So it's like you have two eyes that are seen. Through the book itself. Uh, he's not that bored yet, but if we play for long enough, <laughs> he might start carving a hole into the book. <laughs> Some might say would be a, a, a major sign of disrespect of a holy book. To well, carve... you don't know. He might hear, hear a suggestion or two. Yeah, maybe. maybe. And the words might be around the hole. Yeah, and then it would actually be, wait for it, holy, a holy book. Holy, yeah, holy <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, thank you for coming, everybody. Uh, GoFundMe. GoFundMe.com slash Play for Progress. <laughs> uh, all right, so this Motley crew has arrived in Oakhurst. Uh, they are, the residents on the streets are, uh, on the street, uh, a little wary of this uh the the town is made up mostly of humans and halflings um it's not every day uh they see uh, uh really any of you <laughs> but certainly the bugbear coming in is is going to give uh, a tremendous amount of pause to people on the street it's kind of why stealthily yeah well you're in town so, now someone say pause <laughs> 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 I mean, you're you're in town. It's it's. I, I don't know that. I don't I don't know that it's possible for you to to still be stealth while you're just walking down the seven foot. I can foot. give you examples how, if you want, such as for example the rooftops of the building, or the fact that kind of like it, their clothing blends in with the color for everything it's put in in front of okay so roughly the head is a lot of times the only thing that's visually noticed okay this while everything is the same color so it just kind of blends in the background so we have like a especially where it's green and black so in my mind now this is Ezio Auditore <laughs> just a bugbear <laughs> <laughs> this is bugbear Ezio <sighs> or or choose your assassin's creed <laughs> of, of preference <laughs> Um, but it better be Ezio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so go ahead and give me a stealth check. I want to see how how this how this goes. Okay, and that's uh, disadvantage, correct? Yep, your self-imposed disadvantage for the armor that you're wearing. Okay, that's a seventeen and a ten, and that is a plus five, so that's fifteen. Uh, okay, so uh, nobody really notices that there is this like some might call it like a gargoyle statue but there there's you're able to to navigate the rooftops of Oakhurst uh without being seen by anybody but the crows up there in broad daylight Ooh, they're all too busy paying attention to the sunlight clinic after my gold the golden scales of my body which is is possibly true the, the dragonborn and a tabaxi and really, I mean, depending on how Renthal carries himself, a, a high elf in a place like this might seem like like royalty has has come to town. So I think uh, there are a lot of different ways that you guys can play this to introduce yourselves. All right. Have we been given instructions by the home office on where this temple is located uh, from this town? Or is it just rumored that it's to be around? Uh, just that it's around. Omen, Omen has heard... Mm, inklings here and there that there is somewhere, like I said, this this lost fortress or temple um, that is rumored to contain great wealth. So he wants you to go to Oakhurst and try to um, do a little bit of legwork, see what you can find. Um, if you can find this lost treasure uh, and bring it back home, uh, all the better. And that's better for your employment chances too. But as far as like where it is specifically, he doesn't know, so you don't know. Okay. About what time of day is it as we arrive? You, I think you would have been... I'll ask you. So would you have... Would the party have chosen to drive all night? Or would you have driven during the day? I believe... Um, we probably would have gone through at night to okay. get to the location quicker. Okay. Yeah. So you are you are arriving in the morning um, around 9 a.m. Town is just starting to wake up. It's uh, it's getting to be uh, later in the year, so it's kind of there's a chill in the air. Sun's coming up later, and it's a it's a small town. The harvest has really just concluded. They're they're preparing to start, you know, not going into hibernation, but getting ready for the winter season. Do I as I'm driving the cart? Do I see any kind of a village square or market, an outdoor market area where people may be congregating? Uh, yeah, there is a square. Just a, a simple market. There are there are several stalls that are there. Not everything is is manned. Um, I, I think that um, you would get the sense that this would be a place for like a farmers market type of a situation. But because the harvest has just happened um, and everybody's preparing for sort of the downtime of the year, there's not as many vendors there as there might typically be. A stall selling um, some simple pottery. Um, a stall with uh, fruits and vegetables. Some basic textiles. Stuff like that. Okay. Well, do we try to ask the people here in the square, or do we take the chance that someone might be at the inn, or at the tavern this early in the morning? I would assume someone would be at the tavern. I feel like taverns in D&D are always <laughs> there's always people in them 
I feel like that's the way it works. Um, so we make our way to the tavern. Well, first of all, we have to set up a base of operations. Mm-hmm. And this um, this is going to be the town that we're going to be working out of. So um, Bing, as he's, you know, he takes off his hat, jumps off the horse acrobatically, because that's what he does. <laughs> And he like puts his, you know, puts his hands, his eyes, and starts looking around, like squinting, trying to take in the town. We have arrived. Yes, you have. <laughs> and that's all he says. Don't tell us the totally obvious. Just the merely obvious will suffice. <laughs> As I start looking around for where what look for where the tavern is to see if we've already passed it or if it's up in this area. Uh, the tavern is ahead of you. In my mind, the town is a very simple layout. There's the square, and then everything of interest would be on the periphery of the town square, um, with houses on the the second ring, and then farmland on the outer ring. So the the Old Boar Inn is the inn slash tavern that you're looking for, um, and it's uh, you can see it from where you've parked, um, and you are you are drawing a little bit of a crowd. Um, people, I mean, visitors don't really come through here so often, especially not, again, uh, a tabaxi and a, a dragonborn with the, the level of, uh, I don't want to say enmity, but I, I don't think you guys are being very sneaky <laughs> about your, your conversations with each other. And so, uh, a town like this that thrives on gossip probably already rumors spreading about like the dragonborn and the tabaxi and who are they and uh where i've never heard those accents before do you think they're from neverwinter is that how people from neverwinter talk <laughs> things all like that <laughs> yes <laughs> that, yes they're, they're all true <laughs> uh renthal are you going to get out of the car and survey the scene or or what do you want to do uh, Renthal has, has clambered out of the cart. Okay. And uh, just kind of, just very, just kind of half-assed by the numbers. Because uh, he figured, figured he wants to go to the end. So he's just kind of looking around, just waiting for the party to come to a decision. Kind of almost over the whole thing already. <laughs> but <laughs> just because... Just because he knows that they got to get to the temple. Yeah. And um, prayer book's already gone, so it's just like, if you guys want to go, let's go. Once everyone has disembarked from the horse and the and the wagon and all that, I slowly lead it up, drive it to the front of the inn and park, and park everything there and hook the horse up to whatever hitching post might be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If not, I look for if not, I look for something that I can tie it off to, so he doesn't wander off. Yeah, there's a hitching post there. There's there's space to park the the cart. Yeah, there's no problem there. Lug, you see the rest of the party approaching the old boar inn. Um, what are you gonna do? Uh, first, Lug gives three quacks to ask, so they can indicate that he's there, and to indicate to them to ask, oh, is it safe for me to come out of hiding? Going just quack, quack, quack. <laughs> then just looks up and waves for him to come down. Lug comes down. 
Bing's still confused because he's he, he knows his thing, but every time he hears it, he just, he just gets like very defensive. He <laughs> for a second he gets excited, like yeah, he can't. Like, like the instinct kicks in. Yeah, oh. has it hasn't like, evolved past that yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rental just kind of shrugs because it's Rental. <laughs> I'm having a hard time getting a read on Renthal. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's pretty much the point. <laughs> you, you, you won't know for, for a bit. Because I, yeah, well, I mean, I know there's something coming. <laughs> there's always something coming. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what you're doing with this this kind of, like, emo-ish. But is he emo or is he snobby or is he... Like a spoiled, spoiled, entitled kind of guy. An NUI adult. I just think it's a constant tired. Just tired of living, tired of dealing with this. Just tired. Just, you know, applied for this job. And it's just going through the motions. It was the first job you applied to at the ball. They called him back first. Yeah. Hey, y'all, I work at an Asian kitchen now. Is <laughs> where my life has come to. Should stop. Right, so we're stop stop referencing restaurants. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are together, assembled. There's the the, the slow motion entrance into the old bore in. You see a human bartender behind the bar, rag wiping down the the bar from. Uh, whatever happened the night before, there are a few patrons in there, people who are probably staying at the inn or living at the inn who have come down for breakfast, which isn't really that much, some fruit uh, and coffee, basically it. And you come in and uh, all eyes are on you immediately. And this luck just goes to the bartender and signs, but places silver down on the urn just as just gives the sign for one. Just one drink, please. Uh, he he looks up at you, like way up at you, because uh, I think you're you're probably a foot and a half taller than he is. And he says, uh, "Coffee." All right. Signs one, please. Uh, okay. And uh, without taking his eyes off you, um, he uh, reaches and he gets a mug um, and, and pours you a mug of coffee and hands it to you and and. Takes the silver, kind of looks at it quick, um, and then pockets it. He signs, thank you, and then just picks up the cup of coffee and walks over to the group. Okay. Just, 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 just one? <laughs> did you, did, did you forget the three of us? <laughs> no, here's the thing. If you, if I go up and ask anything, it's gonna look like I'm the one in charge. I figured... What do you guys would want to go up? Besides, you got your own money, don't you? <laughs> I didn't get to keep my money by ever spending my money. Ben yeah. decides he's had enough of this gibberish, and he just he goes ahead and he just walks up straight to the bar to go talk to the the in whoever the bartender, mm-hmm. innkeeper, whatever. Okay, the uh, the <sighs> innkeeper kind of appraises you um he's he's anxious and he says uh what what can i do for you fellas okay ben sits down on whatever stool is there so that way he is that doesn't 
his imposing presence and height is less intimidating towards the gentleman. And as we have heard story and rumor about some old fortress or temple in this area long since abandoned, would you have to, as anyone, would you know if anyone here in town has any knowledge of this place or its location? Uh, he would, he would think about it for a second and, uh, he would say, you guys from the city? We are from out of town. Yes. (laughs) You don't say. He says, uh, people been coming here looking for this, this temple since I, since before I inherited this place. I don't know if there is anything to the story, but I can tell you. Everybody who's gone looking for it, they never came back. So interesting. You fellas sure that this is this is a line of inquiry you want to be pursuing? That is what has brought us here, and that is what we've been assigned to do. So I guess our feelings toward it are quite moot. Yes, we would like to in- learn more about where this place might where this place may be. He says, well, all I can tell you is that if it's real, and I don't know if it is, but if it's real, it's out in those out in the mountains somewhere. There's a path, probably just follow the, the road that took you into the city, took you into the town, straight through, take you right up into the mountains. I don't know how far, how deep in there you got to go. I don't know how far off the road it might be. Other folks around here might know a thing or two about a thing or two, but all I can tell you, and really, it's a liability issue. <laughs> you understand where I'm coming from? Oh, totally, sir. I can tell you it's that way if it's there. Totally understood. And liability not being applied, as we are saying, would you recommend others that we might be able to inquire to get shall we say, more pertinent information. Uh, he says, he eyes Lug, and he says, uh, uh, not for nothing, but uh, there ain't anybody around here I'm mad enough at today to go send a bugbear after. Ben Vardy reaches into his pocket and places a gold coin on the table. <laughs> this is probably at least six weeks worth of income <laughs> for for him um his eyes go wide and uh he tries to look really like smooth about taking it off the bar but you can see his hand like shaking <laughs> you know and, and he when he grabs it he probably like pulls it off too far and it, it clatters to the floor and then you see him <laughs> bend over quick to pick it up and then when he stands up he hits his head <laughs> the bar um and curses uh and and then he stands up again and is trying to look like really cool about what just happened like he meant to do it and he sits there and acts like he didn't see a thing <laughs> he says there are uh, a couple of farmers who i think might know something they might be out working the stalls today i'm not sure uh we had our our last uh, seasonal celebration before winter comes a couple of weeks ago. 
So I know folks are are getting ready to to shut in for the for the season. Who else might help you out? You know, there are a couple of there are a couple of people actually come to think of it who provide us with this fruit. Um, he he gestures to what what the patrons are eating. We get these regular fruit shipments from someplace up in the mountains. These two, uh, they might know a thing or two. Uh, I'm not sure when they're due to come in again, but their their cart kind of comes in maybe once every like ten days or so, full of this stuff, selling it to us at a discount. Right. You know, they might be able to help you. At, at the at the, uh, the mention of discount, Renthal kind of perks up and says, but he's got, he still sounds like bored and completely done and wanting it to be three days from now or something. <laughs> and he just kind of says, uh, is there any identifying marks on the shipment that might look suspicious? Garen says, uh, no, it's just uh, a couple of people in a wagon overflowing with this fruit. Did you say what kind of fruit it was or did they say their family name? He says, uh, I don't know. Did I ever get their names? I ain't, I'm not not too good with names. Uh, the fruit, though, he uh, he reaches under under the the counter and he pulls up this thing that looks like a, like an oversized pear almost bright green, like almost like a neon green. Um, and, uh, he, he tosses it to you and says, uh, that'll be one silver. Okay. So let me get this straight. So he tosses, he's tossing the fruit to yep. Renthal. Uh-huh. Renthal does not catch it. <laughs> would probably, yeah, I'm guessing when you don't catch it, Lug's hand just goes right underneath and catches it. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> Upon hearing the one silver, uh, Rithal just kind of looks at Lug and shakes his head. Uh, We're not paying for fruit we didn't ask for, so I'm going to have to refuse the sale because it wasn't authorized just yet. Lug gives like a very sad face and then slowly walks up to the bar and places it down and just like slowly walks back. <laughs> Garen says, sorry about that, just uh, misunderstood you. Um, but this is what the fruit looks like. Like I said, cart comes every ten days, two weeks or, or, two weeks or so, overflowing with the stuff. And they come from the mountains? That they do, yes sir. Interesting. Is this any kind of fruit that I that any of us would have seen before? You've seen. I, I assume there are pears in D anD. d So I think you would recognize it as a pear. I mean, the coloring looks a little, a little weird, but maybe it's just like a species of pear that grows out here. That you know, none of you are native to Oakhurst. You know, so maybe it's just one of those things, right? Native, native flora. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, as we were making the approach, did we see any of the trees that no, had this fruit? No, you did not. Uh, Rindal kind of perks up again, as if he just thought of something. Okay. Just goes in that usual laconic manner. Uh-huh. Does anyone complain about the fruit? Garen says, not really. I mean, just like any other any other crop, you're going to get some sometimes that are maybe overripe or starting to go bad. Uh, you know, maybe worms get into it or something, but uh, other than that, you know, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. No worse than the apple harvest. Grandthal, thanks for a moment. And then uh, just kind of nods and pulls out a book and starts writing something down. Okay. Ben sits, stands up from the stool he's sitting on and says, well, sir, thank you, for, thank you for the information. I suppose at this point we best see if we can gather any other. Thank you for your assistance, and have a good day. Uh, he he nods to you and goes back to uh, goes back to work. So, what do you guys want to do? Let's wait until we start to leave before he wants to do his thing. So, okay. Yeah, and, and Renthal's kind of waiting. <laughs> waiting for everybody to leave first. <laughs> wait, waiting, waiting for us to leave? Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't even, ben doesn't even look around. He starts heading outside towards the cart. Okay. What about Bing? What's what's Bing Clausby doing, doing during all this? He's been pretty quiet. Uh, well, Bing, Bing was taking in everything that was being said. Okay. Uh, Bing's Bing's a bit uh, a bit cautious right now with uh, with things because um, as flamboyant as he can be, uh, he doesn't really know the three guys that he's working with mm-hmm. too well yet. So he's not showing his hand. Okay. Per se. Gotcha. Um, so right now uh, he's he's let. Well, he's not. I should say he's let. He's uh. He's following uh, the lead of yeah. what's going on. Very good. Well, once he gets outside, it's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a lot of moving parts happening right now, so to speak. So uh, Ben heads for the door. Lug and Renthal are both kind of awkwardly hanging back. <laughs> and I assume that Bing is going outside as well? Correct. Okay. So that's where we stand. Uh, so Lug and Renthal, um, I, I think we should probably figure this out first <laughs> before before we go outside. So, uh, what do you play this role? Play this however you guys choose to. Okay, um, Renthal takes a long look at Lug and then looks back at the the bartender and then just kind of steps forward and then uh, like very very uh, quietly. Just kind of asks the bartender, "How much was that pair again?" Uh, <laughs> he's, he says, uh, uh, "One silver." And Rental goes, "Okay." And sure enough, he gives the guy a silver. Okay. The pair. Yep. The guy kind of gives him a an odd look and and pockets the silver. And uh, Rental takes the pair, looks at Lug, and then just kind of gives it to him and says, 
Be careful. It might be bad. And Lug is just doing that weak. <laughs> and then, uh, in order to, like, <laughs> he just kind of, like, motions to Lug to, like, keep his demeanor switch quiet. And yeah. then Rithal just acts like nothing's happening and just ramrod walks outside. Lug slips the bartender another silver before following. Uh, are you... Are you trying to get your own pair? Because I assumed that Lug was... No, no, no. There's a pair I was already given. It's more of just giving the bartender oh. a tip. Okay. All right. So you both have pairs, though. Well, no. No. Okay. Lug has the pair, I believe. Yeah. You paid for it. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. So Ben and Bing, uh, you guys are waiting by the cart, and you see uh, Renthal walk out like... Uh, perfect posture <laughs> um, walking in this weird sort of way where I think his arms don't move when he walks it's kind of it's, it's a wrong version of a regal walk <laughs> it's like this guy might have a screw loose sort of like a vampire glide kind of yes yeah oh okay um, but but very wrong like he's obviously not a vampire right <laughs> but like but I like how a bad, like a bad LARP would look like a. He's not sparkly, not yet. So he's, he's, he's not Twilight, right? The night's young. Well, not that young. All right. Um, and so you see uh, Renthal come out, and then uh, Lug comes out, pair in hand. Can I make a sleight of hand check to make sure like it's not showing? Yeah, if you want to hide it. Okay, an eighteen, and that is plus three, so twenty-one. So are you hiding it from the rest of the party? Or well, just, just like making sure like it's not shown because like wasn't supposed to have one. Okay. That's why they stayed behind and had to do it secretly. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I guess if if you guys want to make perception checks, Renthal would know that he has it, regardless of yeah, if you really? pocketed it. Um, yeah, Renthal's on something else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's more just so that Renfer doesn't look bad. Okay. All right. Yeah. So um, it's up to I guess. Uh, ben and Bing, if you guys want to make perception checks to see if you see anything weird happening as these two come out of the inn or not, um, or if you are just eager to get get the show on the road. To either. be totally honest, Ben could care less. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if uh, Bing would go to that extreme, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I don't see the if I don't see the pair, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I think that we have two characters who I assume are, like, grown adults who have the affect of, like, Daria. (laughs) It's, like, very, like, nihilistic. Like, I don't care about this. (laughs) It's great. All of this, actually, all of this is so beneath and the mistake. It grates on irritating, but he puts up with it because he needs the work since he's no longer a student at the temple. Yes. Okay, so uh, what's what's your next move? What do you guys want to do next? 